0: to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.
1: Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's another season of John and Hannah on a weekly basis letting you know everything that's going on here when it comes to high school football in the state of Georgia. And uh, we're doing things uh, a lot differently this year. Hannah, go ahead and explain.
0: We are just in time for the weekly podcast version of the season. We have all of our technology working. Mm -hmm. We can talk to the producers. They can
1: talk to us, and everybody can hear it. Yes, we're on
0: video. We're on uh, the YouTube sports page, GPB Sports YouTube channel. But I wish I would have known we were going to be on video this morning. I might have a little gussied up a little bit more, Well, John? I would have
1: probably brought in some powder for my shiny <laughs> crown that I've got here, trying to figure out... Your hair's out
0: a little... A little... A little? Fluffy.
1: A lot fluffy. So uh, it is uh, producer Jahi, Sandy Sandy, the executive producer. She's in charge of the con. You'll be hearing their voices here on the show this season as well. It's going to be an, a fully interactive experience here in radio at Georgia Public Broadcasting. It's going to be fun, and this is our first go-around this year, and we've got some very special guests hanging out with us.
0: We do, but for you don't have to keep staring at the camera. John. I think it's just there as like a like a background so people can like observe. John is like staring into the soul of the camera right now.
1: Okay so you really want me to stare into the soul of the camera? Here's what I'll do. Watch oh this. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna go as far as the headset will carry me.
0: But then you we can't stare. hear you. Yeah, you can't. Oh oh I, I see what you're doing. Yeah. Just people staring. watching. That was scary. That actually was terrifying.
1: I stared into the soul of the camera there so for those that are going to be watching on the youtube channel i've just completely disrupted everything and we're only four minutes in
0: i wouldn't expect anything less okay back to our <laughs> our guests so who are our guests, our guests this week hannah we are talking to matt stewart the play by play of gpb part of him and recruiting guru mm-hmm. and we also got todd holcomb ghsf daily he knows everything and anything about what's going on in high school so we've got both of them on to Preview the season, give us top storylines on and off the field, some recruiting nuggets, and their top teams to watch.
1: Top teams, top players, and all that stuff that we get to Mm -hmm. cram into a weekly show. First and foremost, as I look over my left shoulder for those watching on video, (laughs) it's our conversation with Matt Stewart. So, Matt, my first question for you, you know, obviously it's storylines and there's a consistency here in the state of Georgia – when it comes to coaching changes, it's usually anywhere from about eighteen to twenty five percent, usually depending on the year. Coaching changes, obviously, your biggest storyline in the off season coming into twenty twenty one.
2: It's one of them. There's no doubt about it. You've got the return of two of the most successful high school coaches uh, in the state of Georgia in history, over the long term and the short term. The short term being Joey King and the phenomenal run he had at Cartersville for five years, and then he went off to the college ranks to. Coastal Carolina, and then most recently South Florida, returning to Carrollton, uh, you know, his old stomping grounds over there in West Georgia, and uh, replacing Sean Calhoun who went to Pastavia Hills in Alabama, takes over a great program. You know, they'll be an immediate state championship contender. You know, they're going to be in the top ten. They'll be one of the teams to beat. And Joey King back in the state as a high school football coach, huge story. Jeff Heron back in the state. As a high school football coach, mm-hmm. huge story had been at Tennessee Tech on the coaching staff there. After stepping away from the high school game, and it appeared that's you know he was going to you know ride out the rest of his career in the coaching ranks as an assistant coach. But he's been drawn back to Camden County, where he won three state championships. You know, uh, within the past twenty years, back in the two uh, thousands, won three state championships at Camden County. Last time we saw him in the state of Georgia. He was winning the state championship at Grayson in 2016. There's a commonality
1: here that you're discussing, Matt.
2: State championships, yes. yes. Those Those are the commonalities <laughs> for, for Jeff Heron. Yep. And, of course, he won one at Oconee County, too. So he's back at Camden County. Camden County, I got him in my top ten. I mean, they had talent coming back anyway. Uh, Bob Spire went back to the state of Kentucky where he had won a bunch of state titles. And Jeff Heron comes back to Georgia where he's won a bunch of state titles. So Jeff Heron back at Camden County, Joey King uh, at uh, K- Carrollton, big stories, and Tim McFarland. Uh, he's going to try to make it the trifecta mm-hmm. in Roswell, won a state championship at Roswell High School, <laughs> Yep, won three state championships at BT, also in Roswell, and basically he's going to drive across the street now to Fellowship Christian, which was a state championship contender uh, before he got there, and now perhaps... Just as much so, if not even more so, now that he is there, I'll have Fellowship Christian number two in my very first ballot that I submit for Single A private. So those three guys, those are huge. You know, we've had a, of course, there's a ton of them. There's we could go on, was and on, and on and on and on. 90 coaching changes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and some big and significant ones, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, maybe not as big, maybe not names quite as big as those guys. All those guys have won state championships, changing jobs but some big moves nonetheless that I think will have significance uh, our good friend Brian Lamar mm-hmm. leaving Tucker after so many years and going to South Gwinnett. and you know boy is that going to be tough you go to South Gwinnett, you go to a deep county deep region and it's been a while since you know they were you know a, a contender they you know a playoff contender but I'm talking about a a, a realistic playoff deep threat run contender so Brian Lamar goes there Certainly wishing the best for our buddy Brian and, and how he's gonna do there. That's a that's you know, another significant story. Ron Gartrell for the first time in thirty three years, Ron Gartrell is not gonna be head coaching in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. He's retired from Stevenson. So I mean, there's so many huge stories in regards to coaches and changing jobs or retiring or coming back into the game. It'll be interesting to see. That's a huge storyline.
0: Yes, it is. New head coach Marcus Jelks now at Stevenson. I had a That's chance right. to talk with him at media days. Yep. those are some big shoes to fill. <laughs> no
1: kidding. I mean, you've got that. You've got Paul Standard who retires at Pius and heads to the mountains. Yep. You've got the the mm-hmm. all those folks that are leaving out of DeKalb County. Uh, you know, you've got uh, uh, Miguel Patrick going to Crisps from Cedar Grove. And I mean, Huge. there's there's a lot of names that are out there. And I know that, uh, I mean, we're just barely scratching the surface with that. I think it was 90 or 92 coaching changes in the offseason. I know, Hannah, that you wanted to, to go off the field with your first question.
2: Yeah. But that also leads
1: to another coaching change. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I know, yeah, it right? Does. It, nothing like the circular nature of this show, always dealing with a particular topic. Go for it.
0: Yeah. Off the field, Matt. There's been some drama with one particular school. Let's hear your take on what's going down there in South Georgia and Valdosta.
2: Well, certainly Valdosta being ruled ineligible for the playoffs is a huge story in the state of Georgia. You're talking about the winningest program in nation's history uh, and Rush Probes who had gone there and many of the Valdosta faithful had thought this is the guy that's going to get us right back to where our glory days. Uh, not that the glory days had been too far. Rademacher had taken him to the 2016 state title. Right. But, uh, you know, in Valdosta, as we know, it's what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just the nature. And that's not a criticism of Valdosta by any means. That's how Titletown that's just, is wired. Exactly. That's just the nature of being a big-time program that's won a ton of games, won a ton of championships, and that's across the board, whether that's a high school program or a college program, or an NFL program. Mm-hmm. They all have that expectations, uh, all have that kind of expectation. And so patience, you know, patience is short at places like that. So, I, uh, you know, uh, that's the big story. Valdosta being ineligible for the state playoffs. Of course, Rush is no longer the coach there. And I, I would think it's highly doubtful we're going to see Rush coaching ever again uh, in the state of Georgia with this recent run in. Uh, and and alleged rule violations. Um, I don't know whether they've you know, the the, the evidence seems pretty condemning and damning, but uh, I'll leave judgment for other people. But uh, I highly doubt we'll see him again. And it's a shame because Valdosta has got a talented team. In fact, it, you know, despite that, I have them ranked Number five on my six, A ballot that I've turned in this week for our GPB rankings. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to penalize the players by not ranking them. It's right. not their fault. Right. They've been ruled ineligible and the rankings aren't about who's going to win the state title. I'm just ranking the teams as I see them as talented and where they stack up in the pecking order in the state of Georgia. So Valdosta has got a talented team. Unfortunately, they're not going to get a chance to prove that in the playoffs. You know, maybe it'll be kind of like my, you know, my friend, Terry Bowden, you know, at Auburn. Remember when he took over there, and they couldn't compete in the bowl. They went eleven and zero, ran and the get, table, playing a bowl game. Yeah, so you know that'll be motivation for Valdosta. Motivation for Valdosta against any opponent they're playing this year. They're not going to get a chance to prove it in the playoff field. We'll see if they uh, try to prove it uh, during the during the regular season. Shame for those kids. I'll, I'll say that and you know, and leave judgment for others. It was a mess, no doubt about it. And uh, I'm not saying that the the punishment isn't justified. You know, it was a pretty big uh, transgression uh, and violation, uh, if indeed it's all true, and it seems to be, Uh, but tough for the kids. But they got a talented team, and that's a huge story.
1: And I know that uh, all of those topics, they are... It's a, another show entirely. We could have an, another show on, on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast having to do with all the off-the-field stuff in Valdosta on its own and, and
3: mm-hmm. thoughts
1: on all of that. But Matt Stewart, the play-by-play voice for GPB Sports Football Fridays in Georgia, hanging out with us here on the first weekly of the season. Yeah, start, so this is, this is the season kickoff, today. the season kickoff for the weekly version of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Here. Yeah,
2: I know, and I love it. I, I you know, I tweeted that today. It's pretty amazing. Blogs first blogs this week, our first recruiting show. Uh, you know, next week, uh game start next week. Our first games coming up so on So there's September nothing 10. going
1: on is what you're saying, Matt.
2: <laughs> no, it's it's just it, it, it I don't know how it how it happens that way. Maybe it's just an, it just seems like it sneaks up on you really quick every it's, year, and all of a sudden you're like, my goodness, I'm behind in my preparation.
1: Football is 24-7, 365, Matt. You know this. It's not summer, fall, winter, and spring here. It is football season, spring football, recruit, and National Signing Day. Those are the four seasons for football here in the
2: state of Georgia. There you go. You're exactly right. I should know better.
1: When it comes to your rankings, is there anyone that is, I guess, off the beaten path when it comes to your preseason rankings that you've submitted as a as a part of our collective here at G P B? Is there somebody mm-hmm. that is kind of leaping onto the page that hasn't traditionally been there, or is someone making that le- that next level jump that you're looking at here in 2021? Who who would some of those teams be? You think?
2: Well, I mean, I you know. Uh, just right off the top of my head, to me, that's got to be North Cobb. I've got them ranked number two in the state behind Milton. Milton's my number one. Don't know that Milton's ever been preseason number one in any rankings. They are in mine. They're loaded. I think there's a great chance they win the 7A title. I've got them ranked number one in 7A, and I've got North Cobb ranked number two in 7A. They've had an infusion of talent. Let's just put it that way. They've got talent on their roster that wasn't on their roster last year. And you couple that with Malachi Singleton, their junior quarterback, who as a sophomore last year in our playoff game that we televised in the second round, North Cobb versus Lounge, I clearly thought that Malachi Singleton was the most dynamic player on the field that night. And that includes Ja'Curry Brown, the quarterback at Lounge and committed to Miami. I thought Malachi Singleton, to me, was the guy that jumped off the page that night. He was a sophomore quarterback. Now he's a junior quarterback. And now he's been surrounded by Sam Mbake and Denylon Morissette, who transferred from Brookwood. And Mbake now originally was at North Cobb and then went to IMG. And then when COVID hit, he came back. Mm-hmm. But when he came back, he went to Brookwood. Now he's back at North Cobb. And Denylon Morissette, who's from Baltimore, who came south because COVID canceled the season up there, was at Brookwood last year. Now he's at North Cobb. Marquise groves Killebrew, one of the top uh cornerbacks in the entire nation committed to Georgia, has transferred over, and uh, Andre Stewart, another corner, uh has transferred over. That is stacked, and, uh, man. Yeah, and he's committed to Auburn. So, uh I think Auburn or Kentucky. Um uh, I'd have to check my notes. I said Auburn, then all of a sudden something a red flag went off in my head, maybe that's wrong. But anyway, he's, he'll be in the
1: SEC in some manner way shape or form.
2: In yeah, some way or some shape or form. So North Cobb's got all those guys. Not to mention uh, Joseph's coming back at linebacker. They already had a ton of talent anyway. And uh, so uh, I got him number two. And, you know, North Cobb, uh, as far as they've ever gone in the playoffs, is the quarterfinals a couple of years ago when Shane's uh, boy was the quarterback. And, of course, Shane's now the quarterback's coach Mm -hmm. uh, for his dad there at North Cobb. And, uh, yeah, I I think North Cobb probably stands in there as, you know, that that team that kind of jumps off the page. And then I have Collins Hill, number three. So, I mean, when you get down to it, and Collins Hill this time a year ago wasn't even on the radar of most people. But Horn and Hunter will try, do that for you. But they have Travis Hunter, who's now the number one prospect in the senior class in the entire nation. They got a four-star quarterback in Sam Horn, who's committed to Missouri. And Travis, now a senior, still committed to Florida State. So, I mean, you take a look at the top three teams, that I have in on my 7A ballot that I'm submitting this week: Milton one, North Cobb two, uh, and uh, Collins Hill three. Th- those are not teams that traditionally have been held or have have held those kind of spots right. in the preseason rankings. I see. I I think we kind of see a transition. If I'm right, big if. If I'm right, we're seeing kind of a transition of power uh, geographically here in in the Atlanta area and in the state of Georgia in 7A. And then I have Walton 4 and then Lowndes at 5. That's the first South Georgia team I have checking in to my top 10. And then it starts a little, a little bit more like, you know, the usual suspects uh, in the second five. But, yeah, I, I, see, I see teams at the top of that 7A rankings that traditionally we haven't seen uh, at the top of the 7A rankings.
0: So those are your top-ranked schools. I want to hear your top-ranked players. You mentioned Recruiting 2021, coming back next week. Excellent
1: plug. Nicely done. And we
0: only have a few more minutes with you, Matt, but I want to give you an opportunity to preview that show. What's to come? Who are the guys at the top of your list?
2: Well, uh, the number one players in the nation, in the senior and in the junior class, are both from the state of Georgia. Mm -hmm. So Travis Hunter, the aforementioned, you know, I don't want to say by default, but it is. I mean, he rose to the number one spot because, uh, Quinn Evers, uh, the, the kid, uh, the high school quarterback elected to forego his senior year and go ahead and enroll at, uh, uh, is it, were, so he went to Ohio state. Yeah, yeah. he went to Ohio state and that's all in the NIL thing, the yeah. name image likeness thing, cause he's going to, he's going to go and start cashing in. And I don't know what kind of impact. I don't see a broad impact on high school players per se, because of NIL, but it will be for a few.
1: If you're the top dog, Mm -hmm. if you're like one of the top QBs, like in this case, or the top defensive player, something like that where you're at a marquee position and a marquee number, that's where I think it might impact and everybody turns into Bryce Hunter.
2: I think quarterbacks, but I think that's going to be the case in college too. Right. Your quarterbacks, just like the NFL, they're the guys that are going to get the big payday. Yes. You know, the offensive linemen are going to get free dinners at a barbecue restaurant, (laughs) and the quarterbacks are going to get Huge paydays. So you're not uh, wrong. No, that's true. Uh, and uh, I say it facetiously, but also it's very true. That's what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, so you got Travis Hunter now, the number one prospect in the nation as a cornerback at Collins Hill, going to Florida State or at least committed there. He has been since his sophomore year as good a wide receiver. At this level, as he is corner, he's his dynamic as a wide receiver, and we know we saw that firsthand on GPB last year. But you would think that his bread and butter next level college and then NFL is going to be as a corner because he's 6'1. Plenty of 6'1 wide receivers, and that's small for a wide receiver, but 6'1 in his skill set at cornerback makes him gold. So Travis Hunter, number one in the senior class, and LT Overton, the defensive end at Milton is the number one prospect in the junior class and has a 100 rating. That means he's got a perfect rating by by 24-7 sports composite. It means he's consensus. No one's debating that he's the number one prospect. And we saw him last year, first game of his, not the first game of his sophomore year, but in his sophomore year. He is a dominating force, and you bring him back, Got him for two years, mm-hmm. and you surround him with all the talent they already had: Devin Farrell at quarterback, Jordan McDonald uh, at uh, running back, Jack Nickel at tight end. All these are, all these are Power Five commitments. And then uh, on the offensive line, uh, big offensive lineman there, who's a top ten offensive lineman in the state of Georgia, and Paul Tio's brother Giles, a top ten defensive lineman over on the other side of the ball. And, of course, a great young dynamic coach. I think we'd all agree Adam Clack is one of the, you know, he's one of the young, bright, up-and-coming, successful coaches. Compare him a little bit to, you know, Joey King in that regard. Uh, so, uh, and Joey's still there, but Joey, Joey's a few years ahead of him and then went off to college. Now he's back, as we talked about earlier. Adam Clack, I hold him in that same kind of regard. So I, that's one of the reasons why I got Milton number one. They're loaded. And LT being the number one prospect and a loaded quarterback class in the state of Georgia, which makes it fun, of course, with Gunner Stockton up at Raven County. Oh, yeah. You know, double A. Heard I, think I got Raven number two on my double A ballot. You know, can he get him to the state championship? Can he do for Raven what Brock Vandegrift did for Prince Avenue last year? Right. Finally get him to the Holy wan- Holy Land, the Holy Grail, win that state championship. You know, and, and of course, Jacurry Brown at Lounge, committed to Miami uh Holden Garinger uh down at Benedictine uh Benedictine rather uh, committed to Auburn yep. and and all kinds of guys and even guys that aren't committed like Thomas Castellanos and all kinds of great talented quarterbacks here in the state of Georgia and Justice Haynes the junior that's why I got B T ranked number one in five A. This kid's gonna maybe end up breaking the all time rushing record in the state of Georgia. Baron Haynes kid, you know, he's gonna have his choice of where he wants to go in college might be the best running back in the country
1: no doubt about it Matt as always it's great to catch up with you especially as we're kicking things off here on on a weekly basis here for the football Fridays in Georgia podcast in audio and video form this year so once again partner it'll be good to see you soon recruiting 2021
2: video do do I get a voice of a a Yeah, I think
1: you you will get a lower third. Fancy graphic. Fancy lower third that says Matt Stewart, uh, play-by-play. Use a good
2: picture. I'll I'll be editing
0: it, so I'll make sure that you you look great. Hannah, take
2: care of me there. So (laughs) Hannah's going to take
1: care of you. So, Matt, it's been great to catch up with you, my friend. Season's kicking off. Recruiting 2021 coming up just around the corner. Thanks for being a part of the show. Thanks for being a part of the kickoff.
2: Yeah, appreciate it.
1: Always good to catch up with Matt, and uh, we've been to a couple of media days ourselves to kind of get things rolling for those that want to hear from their favorite coaches around the state.
0: We have. Um, we'll start with Fulton County Media Days. There were 16 schools, and since um, Matt was talking about Milton, we will talk about Coach Clack yes, right now. There you go. <laughs> I can get my words out. Adam so, Clack, head coach, head Milton coach High Adam School. Adam Clack heading into his fifth season. I have interviewed him. In John's words, 110 billion times Eleventy in a row now.
1: Billion times. So
0: I figured keeping their winning streak alive, I would interview him again. And he said one of the biggest things of the, about their success is consistency. Mm-hmm. So 11 and 1 last year, got knocked out in the quarterfinals, ranked 1 and 2 in the state right now, depending on who you talk to. We know Matt hasn't been number yes, one.
1: Matt has at number Matt
0: one. Matt loves the Eagles. Um, but he said that consistency across the board with coaching, training, everything is the reason for their success. And then something else we were asking a lot of the coaches is what did they learn about themselves as a coach last season, going through unprecedented times with COVID-19. And he said it really helped them, which is strange, overcoming adversity, sudden change, adapting, um, getting more organized as a coaching staff. So surprisingly, he said it might've helped his team.
1: Who else have you caught up with during media days that kind of uh, stuck out to you for whatever reason in catching up with them as we get ready for 2021?
0: Well, with Fulton, uh, the North Springs assistant coach, Joe Hodge, um, head coach Jeff Phillips couldn't be there. He was at an event with his kids, but their entire coaching staff came down from Knoxville, Tennessee, and I asked him what the biggest difference was with Tennessee ball and Georgia ball, and he said the size of the coaches, mm-hmm. the size, I mean, the size of the coaches.
1: The staff, do you mean? The size?
0: The size of the staff. They
1: all look like the, defensive linemen. The
0: size of the num, uh, number of players on the team, the size of the players, yes. and the size of the school. So pretty much size across the board was his answer. And I thought that was interesting, but, but let's take a really quick look at DeKalb County. I have a confession to make. Okay. So we were interviewing all the coaches. Yes. I think I ended up with 10 interviews. Some kind of got around me, <laughs> snuck Some out. Escaped. So <laughs> sweet, sweet man came up to me at the very end. We were, we were wrapping up and he was like, I'm here for my interview. And I, you guys, I am so organized. If you know me, I have every picture of every new coach, 10 new coaches. So it was a challenge. I had every picture of every new coach. I had their name, their background, information, Somehow, I had left Arabia Mountain off my list. The only school.
1: Aren't they the first one alphabetical? I
0: I don't know how I did it. I do not know. So, new head coach, I have to give him a shout-out, Julian Washington. Mm -hmm. He came from New Manchester. He was the defensive coordinator there. Um, Felt horrible that I did not have him on the list. We got the interview. It was One of the most successful ones on social media, so I'm glad that we did. All (laughs) of these interviews are out on social media. Well done. But poor Coach Washington. Had to give him a shout-out on the podcast. Um, What about you? You went to Carroll County Media Days. Who were some of your top interviews?
1: Well, uh, it was great to catch up with Joey King and what's going on there in Carrollton. Caught up with Tim Barron, who's no longer the head coach at Heard County. He is now at Villa Rica. Shane Lasseter, who we know from our time with – Dealing with Georgia's EMCS and our, all of our visits out to Franklin. Shane Lassiter's the the new head coach out there. Catching up with uh, you know when you when you look at Bremen and Bowden and their single A successes and double A successes. It's always fun to to catch up with those folks too. So it was a it was a, it was a fun day to go out to, to Carroll County for West Georgia Media Days on a lot of different levels.
0: And you've got a lot coming up. So you've got Central Swing, Central Southern Swing, Swing, Southern
1: Swing. Yeah. Our
0: um, social media platforms are overrun with interviews right now which no is amazing such thing. no <laughs>
1: such thing speaking of interviews let's go to our second interview for our premier for the 2021 weekly version of the football Fridays in Georgia podcast we caught up with Todd Holcomb one of the major domos grand exalted poobahs one of the guys in charge one of the great newsletters for anybody that wants to follow anything with Georgia high school football information it's the GHSF daily here's our catch-up with Todd Holcomb Welcoming Todd Holcomb into the show, one of the, the major domos and grand exalted Pooh of the Georgia High School Football Daily. And if you don't subscribe, and, and I'll, I'll ask Todd at the end of this, if you do not subscribe to this daily newsletter, you are truly missing out. For the record, and I'm going to pull back the curtain here just a second, I have saved every single one of these.
0: You're not pulling back the record because you say this every single time. I'm
1: pulling back the record this season. I'm pulling back the curtain <laughs> this year to remind folks. I love it. I have saved every single one of the Georgia High School Football Daily since you and Chip started this. So, man, it is a great resource. Glad to have you on the, the season kickoff for the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thanks for coming on.
3: Sure. Glad to be here.
1: All right. when uh, We had Matt on earlier and we were talking about some of the, the big storylines this season when it comes to Georgia high school football, and you guys have already started your, your deep dives into the classes and coaching changes and, and substitutions and things like that. If, it, if I was to pin it down to the best hire or the best couple of hires that have happened in the offseason, who do you think that those coaches would be when it comes to Georgia high school football?
3: Ah, good question. And you know a lot of uh, interesting names you know well known names moved around um I would say probably the 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 two blockbusters would be you know Jeff Perrin coming back to Georgia in right. Camden county. I yeah. thought he was probably probably done so uh Camden county had a, an opportunity when coach spire. Uh, moved on and went to Kentucky. I believe it was. And yeah, I mean, having coach hearing back, that's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, he, of course uh, is the only coach in state history to have won state titles at three different schools. So he would be one. And then, you know, Carrollson getting Joey King, he would, you know, he's Joey King. I don't think he's ever lost a high school game or if he has, it's no <laughs> yeah. more than about what, four, three or four. So uh, won two state titles at Cartersville and, uh, he, I'm sure he only got better being in a college coach for a couple of years. And so he's at Carrollton. So those are probably the two biggest. And then, but then you've also got Tim McFarlane. I mean, he's won, how I many? One, two, three, four state titles. And he's going to be a fellowship Christian. Uh, Paul Standard, I didn't see that happening. Him going to Gilmer. I didn't either. Yeah. Great hire, for, great hire for Gilmer. And, uh, and then Miguel Patrick, he's going to be at Chris County from Cedar Grove. So yeah, a lot of really, not just, Interesting coaching hires, with some that caught me by surprise There's three or maybe five of them like that.
0: Those are some good storylines on the field. What about off the field? Now, Matt covered Valdosta, so we can just skim right over <laughs> over that if we want to. What is one of your top storylines off the field in this off season?
3: Ah, uh, Well, yeah, so Matt had heard about the Valdosta thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't get anything he by him or you guys. Um, that's a good question. Uh, let's see off season. I think one thing, it was a little bit quieter than last off season, because as you recall, um, I think it was around this time that the, that the GHSA board of trustees was meeting and everybody was afraid they were going to cancel the season. So, um, you know, so as far as that, no news is kind of good news. Um, Um, I, you know, here's, I mean, here, I don't know if it's the biggest story, but certainly one that I think should be said, uh, is that, you know, one of the greatest coaches of all time, you know, Dan Pitts passed away yeah. in the season. That was kinda of sad. He was um you know, was at Mary Persons for uh uh probably over thirty years. retired as the winningest coach in Georgia history and also lost Bush Brooks who was a really good coach at Washington Wills. Um so that that was, that was something that we had in our some of our opening issues talking about things that happened in the off season. And um yeah.
1: I mean, you mentioned Dan Pitts, and there's someone who is one win shy of another large number here in the state of Georgia. And I don't think it can be overstated what Alan Chadwick has meant to the fabric of high school football here in the state of Georgia. I mean, for for Alan Chadwick to be just shy of 400 wins – Still chasing Larry Campbell, and, and I mean, Hannah, you you got to catch up with with uh, with Coach Chadwick at DeKalb County Media Days. I mean, this is coaching is the only thing that Allen Chadwick does. I mean, Todd, I don't think it can be overstated the the uh, the place that Alan Chadwick has in Georgia high school football coaching history.
3: Yeah, no question. He's and he's won three ninety nine, and he's only lost I think about seventy three. So I mean, just think about that, and just the consistency. I don't know that. Any program has been as consistent as Marist in the time that he's been there. Uh, you know, and they had never won a state title, even though they had had lots of good teams, lots of teams that had lost in the championship. They had not won a state title, and he's won three there. And, uh, you know, he, he's somebody who he looks at, he's in better shape than I am, and he's, you know, he's <laughs> several years older. And uh, so he could coach till he's probably around 79. Yeah, somebody told me. I've never verified this, so I don't know if I should be spreading rumors. But somebody told me one that Coach Chadwick has a picture of Larry Campbell in his office. And I don't know if that means anything, you know, because he would never say that. You know, he he's interested in where he ranks all time, because he's about seventy-eight wins uh, behind Coach Campbell, and uh, that would take him a few years. But uh, who knows? He may still be around chasing that. One day, but yeah, he's, and also one of the quick fact on that, I I was able to find out that, uh, do a little research and I discovered that he would become only the 35th coach in U S history to get 400 wins. So that puts it in perspective as well.
0: He's also been coaching at Maris since before I was born. So
3: (laughs) so she just uh, throw that that out there.
1: Wow. I
0: didn't say that to him when I interviewed him, but he's been Uh, there since
3: 1985. (laughs) Wow, well, that's good. Uh, Thirty-two that kind of years. Well, yeah, and you know he was, and he right? was at Marist. Uh, he was at Marist several years even before that. As an assistant um, under Coach Hargis, right? Yeah, and the, other, the interesting thing about him, you know, they've always run, you know, the the wishbone, or I guess now it's a little more uh, modern version of that, but they still still pitch it and run it, and, and uh, but you know, he was a passing quarterback. You know, and, uh, kind of ahead of his t- ahead of his time as a thrower. He played at Decatur High School and. Got a scholarship to Georgia. He went to uh, Tennessee. Tennessee Tech? There you go. I think that's right. And he was drafted by the Bears, I think. And uh, didn't play in the NFL, but he was drafted. A lot of things about him that are pretty amazing, even if he did not coach very long.
0: Well, Coach Chadwick is being very humble. He said they're going to struggle this season. It's kind of a rebuild for him. He doesn't know if... He's going to get number 400 against BT right off the bat or not. He said it could take him a while. That is to be seen. He's Mm -hmm. probably just being very humble. Every
1: single year, it's the same way.
0: So with that being said, Todd, I want to hear about your teams to watch this season. We are just a few weeks away from kickoff. And who who were the teams on the top of your list?
3: Well, let's see. I mean, I think if y'all have been studying it, which you guys do pretty well, some of these won't come as a surprise. Is this think, a chalk uh,
1: year, do you think?
3: What is a chalk year?
1: Basically, the the it's it's race? The, the favorites from last year oh, yeah. would, would roll themselves back over and be the favorites again this year. Is this a year where we're going to see some of the same faces, or are we going to see some different faces in your mind heading toward the last game of the year?
3: I think I – think, different faces, actually. Uh, Now, that's a good question, though. I mean, one thing I'll say, all eight of the state champions, um, I think, will be good again, but I don't know if any of them, except for Buford, that I would call absolutely the team to beat in their class. So, uh, so I think you're going to see a new group. You know, usually, uh, we had a little list in our newsletter the other day about, uh, it said about one of every four, State champions repeat at least historically. That's been the trend. I don't know who we'll get to this year, um but I think Buford is you know maybe the team to be in, in that classification. You know Grayson will be good because they are always good, but they definitely will not have the most talented team in the highest class. We might not be Grayson
0: year. as much as we did last year. If I had a no. quarter for every time we mentioned Grayson, I would would have a a lot more money. Yeah,
3: yeah, they were the it team for sure, and they had. Oh, well, this I didn't have any of their players preseason first team all state. That doesn't mean they don't have guys who might become all state. Uh, and again, they'll be good. I mean, they always are. But, but they're not. Uh, I mean, I think there are three or four teams that I think you can clearly say on paper have more talent. I would start with uh, Milton, who I know Matt likes a lot.
1: Yes, he does. That.
3: Oh yeah. yeah. And, uh, and Collins Hill, I mean, they're going to be pretty, you know, have most of the guys back, including the main guys that they have. In fact, Milton and Collins Hill both have four preseason all-state guys and I only picked 26. So that's a third of the team, just yeah. uh, those, those two teams. And of course, you know, Travis Hunter and Sam Horn, I mean, they're, uh, maybe, I mean, they could be the best quarterback wide receiver duo in state history. I mean, they, they've already got more touchdown passes between them than. Harrison Bailey, and Eric Gilbert mm. just to give you an idea, and they got a senior year left. So they're gonna be really good. North Cobb's another team that's gonna be looks like they're gonna be loaded at great quarterback, Malachi Stevens, uh Singleton. And uh two D one wide receivers, two major D one quarterbacks. So they're gonna be probably their best team that I can remember. So those are the ones. Lawrence has a great quarterback coming back and they're always good, so they'll be, you know, a contender.
1: Yeah, you'd, sure. mentioned, you'd mentioned Lowndes. Who else from outside the the city of Atlanta and some of the other uh, classifications might be making runs? I know you mentioned Jeff Heron at Camden County, but he's going to be in the region of Doom going up against places like Lowndes. Who else outside the the city of Atlanta are you keeping an eye on that could be making the, the run to Georgia State?
3: I think Holcook County may – it wouldn't surprise me if they wound up being the best team down there. Um, they don't have any star players, but they just got a good – you know, deep roster, they're well-coached, you know, they beat Lions last year. People forget that. They pounded them pretty good in the Baylor season. I think Camden's probably, you know, they, it may take them a little bit longer, although they have three first-team All-State players, but they don't have the depth uh, of Lowndes and Colquitt, so as far as that classification goes, and for, as for the rest of uh I mean, there'll be a lot of contenders from South Georgia and Middle Georgia. Uh, I think Lee County will be just as good again. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Buford may be better, so I'm going to say Buford's team would be to beat. But Lee County, they probably had that state title. Heartbreaking the way they lost that, you know, last year against Buford. You could see a rematch of those two teams somewhere along the line. I think Warner Robins, even though they lost the great quarterback Addy, I think they'll be almost as good. Um, they 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 probably would be my second most likely defending champion to win again. Um, I think they'll be dealing with Blessed Trinity in that classification, but I, I think where counties probably the next best team, that's another South Georgia team. Coffee will be good again in 5A. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, we can keep going down the line.
0: You
1: got a list, brother. That's all it
0: that is. Yeah. Matters. Well, last question for me. We got to talk a little bit about recruiting before we let you go. What are your thoughts on all of this off-season recruiting craziness, the NIL? What's your, what's your take on recruiting this season?
3: Yeah, so are you, are you, now you're talking about college recruiting of players, or you're talking about high schools recruiting players from one another? I, let's keep it
0: about- high school. Yeah, high school re- recruiting players from other schools. It's getting a little crazy out there, Todd.
3: Yeah, well, yes, well, obviously, you know, I, I won't rehash what y'all discussed with Valdosta, but that I think it it just brought the question: Well, if this happened at Valdosta, well, how, how how common is this, you know? And I just uh, had a story that was in the AJC and also uh, in our newsletter. We did a survey of the coaches, and they, it was not a surprise at all that um, that they felt like it is a problem that they want the Georgia High School Association to do more. Um, and, uh, and you know maybe it's not as serious as some of the allegations at Valdosta. I don't think people think there's a lot of you know a lot of money changing hands and that, and that sort of thing. But uh, they do believe that uh, you know that, that a lot of the transfers you see or that, that there's something illegal going on on behind that. And I think one of the big surprises of the survey for me, or maybe not surprise, maybe I should know, but uh, people are becoming very suspicious of uh private coaches and trainers outside of the high school setting. They may be, you know, physical trainers or that work on strength and conditioning, you know, because it's not that uncommon now, for, especially for athletes that are potential college uh, recruits to work year-round and, and hire private people to help them out, you know, especially quarterback coach, receiver coaches, you know, lineman coaches, things like that. And these, obviously, they become very important in the lives of these players. And have a lot of influence on them, and so a lot of high school coaches believe they have too much influence, meaning that they may be encouraging them like you, you know you're you're not in a great situation at this school, you need to look to go somewhere else, and that that's triggering a lot of the a lot of the transferring that you're seeing
1: and Todd, since you mentioned the poll that you ran at the Georgia High School Football daily for those who have who do not subscribe. What is the season looking like for you guys? What are you guys doing at the High School Football Daily? And you guys do a tremendous job. Go ahead and let everybody know what's going on there and how folks can be a part of the the conversation and get all the good work that you guys do.
3: Well, thanks, yeah. So we we uh we always start up in August and we run through um about a week after the state finals and once the season starts, we have a pretty routine schedule where we're on Mondays. We we have a little uh game wrap-ups of all the teams who are in the top 10 and how they how they did and then on tuesdays we have top individual performers where we highlight players around the state that have big games and uh, we do previews on thursdays of all the big games we also have awards we get out in the community we do a state player of the year and uh, excuse me state play of the week and then we do a team of the week and those are in-person presentations that we do and Lots of other things like that, and uh, we have a predict the winner contest. That's a lot of fun as well. So we get like a thousand people. Uh, we get a give a prize if you can get the most games right. In fact, I was working on that just now. So I'm trying to figure <laughs> out what my ten games are. So, but yeah, to if you want to subscribe, it's a free newsletter that comes in your in your inbox every morning uh, during the week, and you can find us on our new website, which is can be found at GeorgiaHighSchoolFootballDaily.com.
1: And also follow him on Twitter as well, at GHSFDaily, at GHSFDaily on Twitter. Todd, as always, great to catch up with you here at the, the beginning of the season. We've got scrimmages happening, and we've got games coming up just around the corner, and the sprint begins for Georgia State. Thanks for hanging out with us here on the first weekly version of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast and putting up with me and enjoying Hannah far more than uh, <laughs> enjoying me every single week. Thanks for hanging out with us, my friend. We'll catch up soon.
3: Sure, that was fun. Appreciate it. Thanks,
1: Todd. All right, so let me bring in let me bring in uh, Jahi and Sandy Sandy here okay. for, the, for the end of the show. Uh, guys, it's it's the first time that we, and I, I wanted to make this an interactive experience across the board. I wanted to have everybody who could chime in, chime in. We've got our first show done. Jahi, what do you think? I think it went great. Of course. Minus, minus all, like, the technical
0: difficulties that we had to work out. Oh, just so many thought, from I, oh, I you guys! You, I thought you were going to sit here. So and say, many.
1: Other than having Nelson sitting there on the point and messing things up every <laughs> oh, single time. Oh no, no, time. no! It was it was really come from us. We were just trying to f- figure all this new technology <laughs> see, out. See now, Ja and Jahi.
0: I thought you were being sarcastic because this went great.
1: But yeah, but see, the thing is, is it's it's like now Sandy. So when I try to explain what we're doing, and, and I always talk to folks, and they sit there and they say, oh, it's so incredibly flawless. You guys do such a great job, whether it's Football Fridays in Georgia or or this podcast or what have you. I always try to sit there and explain it to them, like, uh, if you've got a dog and you take a dog to the lake, and, and you know, you always like to, to play fetch with the dog, and you throw the stick in the lake, what you always see with the dog is what's going on with the dog above the waterline once they catch the stick. The stick's in their mouth, and they're just huffing along, and they're just doing their thing, and you just see all the calm... That's there with the dog as the dog's coming back to shore. But what you don't see is the dog just frantically just trying to make sure that he stays where what he's doing and this
0: he gets is like to shore. It's like the duck analogy. You're saying this wrong. It's like the duck analogy. It's A th- duck looks so smooth on top of the okay, water, so, but you don't but see the paddling feet. But I don't, s- but I don't <laughs> see. I don't think Sandy
1: Sandy has ducks at home. I think she has dogs, and that's the analogy okay, that I use with okay. dogs. Okay. Am I wrong? in explaining everything that it takes to put this show together to make it look this effortless.
0: You guys are naturals, so
3: and you can obviously talk uh without much prompting. So you make <laughs> it
0: look pretty easy. I I will
3: say. It, it makes it it makes it a lot easier back here.
0: Thanks Sandy.
1: A thousand thanks. But no, there's a lot of work that goes into this and obviously a shout out to everybody on the other side of the glass that you're going to be hearing from all season long for those that are watching on the the GPB YouTube channel. And watching how this gets done every single week. And you can do it. You can catch up with us at gpb.org on your favorite podcatcher. Don't forget to download the GPB Sports app, iOS and Android, so that way you can get all the information in a bunch of different ways. You're going to be hearing from a lot of different folks this season, including a lot of us here at Georgia Public Broadcasting, as we bring another season of Football Fridays in Georgia to you. Game of the Week, September 10th. And a lot of stuff that we're doing this year.
0: Yeah, let me give you the rundown of everything coming Run up, it and then down. I have a shout out. There
1: you go.
0: Um, blogs start this week, like we mentioned. What are you writing about?
1: Uh, Region 2 AA Media Day, nice. and it's one of the toughest regions that probably no one knows about. And we okay. always talk about regions that are in the blender where something happens, team could go from first to fifth or you know, second to fourth. You could be in the playoffs one week and then out the next. One of those regions is going to be in the blender this year. Caught up with the coaches down there, Vidalia, Jeff Davis, East Lawrence, Swainsboro, Bacon County, a lot of the folks down there. And it was uh, great to catch up with all of them. And then we're going to have uh, that preview of Region 2 AA coming up this week for me.
0: I'll be doing my Zoom interviews, vlogs, if you will, And they will coincide with the Recruiting 2021 show. So, my Zoom interview is TBD. That won't start until next week. We've got countdown to kickoff next Wednesday. You know it. August 19th. We are back. No, Thursday. Thursday. I'm already messing it up. We are no longer on Wednesday. August 19th at noon. Thursday. Thursday. Back to lunch. What's for lunch? What's for lunch? Get prepared. Next Thursday at noon. We are also recording Recruiting 2021 that day, uh, which will air digitally Friday. So mm-hmm. it'll be two digital shows, two or three digital shows before we start our very first game September 10th. Look for the announcement soon on what our game will be. All right. I have a shout out.
1: Okay, go for it.
0: Sandy and I both have a shout out. Uh huh. And that is to you, Mr. Uh, Nelson. Uh,
1: that's my father. I'm just John, but go ahead.
0: You were inducted. There's
1: applause on the other side of the glass. I think I know where this is going.
0: Yay! <laughs> you were inducted into the Southeast Chapter of the Silver Circle. Yes, the uh, which is 25 years.
1: That just means I'm old. 25 basically. years of service in
0: television excellence. Keyword excellence, excellence. You've been with GPB for 27 this years. This
1: is my 27th season. Yeah, spring of 1994.
0: Congratulations. Thank you very John. much. You also won a Gabby this year, mm-hmm. an Emmy nom. I mean, what haven't you Done.
1: Won the Emmy. That's what I haven't done. <laughs> I haven't won the Emmy. <laughs> what you know, I haven't won a Peabody. I Haven't won a Murrow. Uh, I've won others, but I've been nominated for an Emmy. I'm like the Susan Lucci of, of Emmys. <laughs> it's like nominated but never won. And so that that's it. That's when when I have my Shamar Moore Susan Lucci moment. That's when it's it's complete. But now the it's uh you're nominated to be in the Silver Circle. It's like 175 folks in the, the National Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences Silver Circle. And it's 25 years of service. That and was too
0: many words for me, so I, I just cut it short. Southeast
1: Emmy, at Southeast Emmy. And then that way you can go to Natus online and, and they can give you the details. But uh, going in with a class with uh, one of my mentors, Bill Hartman, is going wow. in this year. Uh, Alvin Bryant, one of my uh, you know, good friends that uh, worked alongside with when he was at uh, Channel 2 locally and you know, learning from Bill, who's a mentor of mine. And to go in with that class, Chris Holcomb, I think, is going in from uh, WXIA locally. And that's going to be, get this. Okay, so September the 10th is when they're having the the banquet and the dinner and the induction.
0: So we're missing What's you. What's
1: wrong with this picture?
0: That sounds like our first Football Friday in Georgia broadcast, I believe John. that is accurate, yes. So are we missing you for the first game?
1: Uh, I think... Think, In our
0: new post game show?
1: I don't think you're going to be missing me for that. But. Uh, TBD. Yeah, when the when the boss has an opportunity to, to dress up and go to a, a, oh, yeah. a fancy schmancy hotel. You and Patty. and uh, see an induction. No, she's, th- th- that is an opportunity that will not be missed. But uh, now thank you to uh, Mark Harmon, our former sports director, who nominated me, who's also a member of Silver Circle, and that's the process. So, Mark. Uh, made it part of his mission to make sure that I was nominated for Silver Circle, and they, they gave me the, the thumbs up this year. So going in in early September, uh, absolutely blessed and honored and thankful for everyone who's reached out to uh, give their kind words about this, this honor. And it, it honestly has blown me away on multiple fronts for everyone who's reached out to uh, uh, congratulate me for this, but it is not without the work of a boatload of other folks on a weekly basis Everybody here that is in this room that is staring at me right now, rambling (laughs) on and on about going into Silver Circle, everybody on the second floor, uh, Kevin Gerke, our sports director, Taya Ryan, our president and CEO, uh, Adam Woodley, Bert Huffman. Huffman. I mean, it's just a bunch of folks here at Georgia Public Broadcasting that have put up with me for now 27 seasons to go to where we are right now with our high school programming. It's been absolutely tremendous. Just honored and blessed for all of the everybody that has reached out to – you know, congratulate me for going into silver circle. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, it definitely has been blown me away. It really has.
0: So this is my eleventh year in broadcast. So uh-huh. can I hit you up in fourteen years and and you can nominate me into the silver circle? Absolutely. That's exciting. I had to make this about me somehow.
1: Uh, it's it's all about <laughs> I'm just Hannah, joking. and that's one of the things that we've always figured out about this <laughs> it show. It is not. And it's all about
0: Hannah. It is not. I'm all kidding. About, I'm about Hannah. Kidding. Okay. Great show. Hey, first weekly show of the season. Good stuff.
1: Yeah, ready, break.
0: And buy John's book.
1: Yes, buy John's book, Noble Strong. Noble Strong, Strong. Yeah, Noble on Strong easiest on Amazon. And uh, it's a great story about the 2019 season for Irwin County and a great friend of mine and, and, and everybody here at GPB Buddy Nobles and what Irwin County went through as a community. And it's about lessons, about a bunch of different things. It's not just a football book. It's about uh, community and faith and family and winning and, and growing up sooner than you should. But now it was an absolute uh you know to get that finished and have that out also that was uh, tremendous work as well so uh it's been a it's been an eventful spring and summer
0: it has and it's been an eventful <laughs> show we only went off the rails twice i think so well, because
1: i you know we tried to you know because i'm waiting. trying to i'm trying to get out of town so i can actually go talk to coaches
0: yeah john's literally about to zoom out of here to head down to central swing so Leaving. let's let's wrap it up
1: four Jahi. For Sandy, Sandy, on the other side of the glass, for you, Hannah, for me. For John
0: I'm, staring into the camera the whole show.
1: Yeah, staring into the camera the whole show, because you don't want people to see the the, the ear from the, the headset. But that's another go-around of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you next week.